Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to show you this. This is a... Um this is digital storage, so like, you know how there's tapes, and there's a reel with another reel, and you store information, now there's digital storage. Multiple RAMs in there. It's um, So much RAM and ROM. It's, it's kind of convenient. That's read-only memory. And I like it. It's <laughs> ROM. Random C access memory? CD-ROM or CD-RAM? <laughs> how much RAM? Read-only memory? More than random access ROM memory. ROM-only memory. We have a computer here with some questions on it. So... We've got a just, computer there that takes photos and videos of us It's live. got some ramen there, too. Yeah, ramen. It's got some ramen. Four Everybody days till I can eat ramen. gave really good feedback on the Chuck cast. And well, yeah, every time we have Chuck on, really good feedback. So that's why we said, fuck Chuck, dude. We're not bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, we're like, Chuck, stop with the Chuck, statistics. You're making us look bad. I'm trying to be popular, okay? Like, we're trying, <laughs> to, we're trying to make this about us. But he gave him some nice, uh, nice you know, info. The Chuck eclipsing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we, we got some knowledge and some nugs Chuck's for you dropping, guys today. He's dropping knowledge. How's your day, dude? My day has been great. We looked at a potential uh, site for our next location. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we got our little mini vision goggles on, and then we went and looked at our plans for our current, for sure, third location, least signed, on the old uh, west side. That's one of these. And then uh, we, we worked on some artwork there. And then, you know, classic owner meeting, classic Friday. The, when we were looking through the building, it got me thinking about how cool would it be when you get to the point where you're able to like build to suit? Oh, man. And not just going into a shell that somebody else designed. Because there's, well, I mean, we're going to make it awesome. But there's always these weird little things where you're like, why did they put yeah. this here? What is this like structural thing? To work around? Yeah. Totally. I'm just like, what the Fuck are you doing? Let's just get our own building one day. Let's get our own building. And then make it happen. Buy that like land. The fun factory. Really? Seriously? Hey, they got gas going into our roastery now. Gas is capped. We're going to lock it in with some tubing. About to move that bad boy. <laughs> we get we snubbed it. Snubbed it. Yeah, we're approximately you know a month away from a new roastery. Not a built-out roastery. An effectively roasting working place. roasting operation. Dude, that's going to be freaking tight. This roastery is tight, fully like operational. Tight, like a tiger. Witness the full power of our roasting operation. Thunder kick. That was a very good uh, Star Wars. <laughs> was it? The fully operational San Franciscan <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Who's that guy? Luke Skywalker or uh, Senator guy. Palpatine, a.k.a. the bad guy? <laughs> Palpatine. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm having heart Palpatines. <laughs> It's beating out of my chest. My heart is lightning face. <laughs> like, uh, lightning to face. Uh, Ultimate force lightning. Dude, All right. Let's get into it. 
<laughs> this guy asked. We got some questions. Hey, guys. Always love the podcast and what you guys do. Would love to hear a little bit on the podcast about some of the best qualities in employees you've had. What are the specific qualities you keep an eye out for, and how do you decide where the, how do you decide where people with those characteristics fit into the overall framework of Cat and Cloud? Mm-hmm. Much love. Great question. Great question, Nick. That question's a multi-parter, so... In order to even work at Cat and Cloud, you have to exhibit a lot of the values that we have kind of infused into the orientation, or not orientation, the interview process. Yeah, look into values-based hiring. Mm-hmm. So start there. But I'd say just off the top of my head, uh, teachability and the respect, and respect meaning that they understand that Chris and myself and Charles have a lot more time in the industry and that we have intention to the things we do and kind of trusting the process of our thoughts and our vision is really huge so those two things together garner like a really trusted workforce especially in the leadership level for me right there's going to be times when you and i give for them weird sure. things to do and they're going to be like okay i'm not quite there yet and to just somehow start without fully understanding it and and we always put in the work to continue to like give people the information and let them connect it to z but occasionally we have to get started on things before they fully have their minds around like the long play. So those two things have been the biggest contributors for me as of in this current junction. Yeah. And then on, excuse me, on keeping an eye out, getting them and like how, how do we decide where those people fit into the framework? It's interesting because everyone starts in the exact same place. So if you start at Cat and Cloud, you're working in the retail store mm-hmm. and you're starting behind the bar just like everybody else. And then from there, it's kind of <laughs> as opportunities present themselves and as you prepare yourself or like make people aware of the skills that you have, you can kind of snag some opportunities as they come along. And not every opportunity is like leading to a new job, right? So there's there's only so many quote unquote special or higher level or upper management, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, jobs you want to say in a cafe. So it's really about finding people who can do certain projects really well and then using their strengths in those projects. Am I right on that? Yeah, it's 100% how we roll. Does that make sense? Yeah, because what we do Mm -hmm. like to do is share the opportunity for people to grow and be engaged in different portions of our company without necessarily having to move out of a position. So, for instance, I own the company along with Chris and Charles, but I still make coffee at both of our stores as a barista And I work underneath my managers when I do that. Uh, If there's something Mm -hmm. big that happens on the floor, I still don't bogart my manager's leadership. I talk to them after and I say, hey, I'd like something to run differently. Here's why and how. But it's their job to run that in the same way I would have many different people and have had many different people help us manage and run an event and we pay them at a higher level to take that on, but they don't necessarily have to be like an events coordinator for a cat and cloud to be an events coordinator for cat and cloud right you know for sure yeah brilliant yep so i think that kind of answers your question it's it's also i think a way for us to be able to long term be able to pay a higher hourly wage when you can have a lot of people who are multifaceted in your business we've talked about it over and over again i still believe in it fucking dial bro this one is an East Coast, West Coast thing. Nice. Simon Sinek wrote us. Simon Sinek. So <laughs> before cool. we get into this, we're both West Coasters, okay? So this is, this is going to be biased, all right? We're both California grown over here. Simon says, 
Ah. Simon says die, Simon Phoenix, Demolition Man. Simon, you set me up for that one. Hi, guys. I moved to Brooklyn from San Francisco last year and can't find much good cafes near me. Much good cafes. That's what it says. Much good cafes near me. Manhattan and Brooklyn. So far, I only like Blue Bottle and Brooklyn Roasting Company. Why do you guys think that compared to San Francisco, which Blue Bottle, which has Blue Bottle, Ritual, Four Barrel, Sight Glass, Verve, etc., New York doesn't have as much good specialty coffee shops? Do you guys have any recommendations in New York City? Thank you. Um, let's do Rex first. Toby's Estate Toblerons. in Brooklyn. They're in Brooklyn, so they're they're near you. Um, Manhattan, we went to Little Collins when they, we were there. It was like a really cool little shop. There is, oh, geez, I'm so ill-prepared for this question. There's a lot of coffee, actually. Isn't Third Rail over there or something like that? <laughs> Third Rail's somewhere over there. I'm trying to think of the one that I went to. Well, how has he not been to Everyman? Everyman is a great one to go to. Everyman's fantastic. What about Grumpy? What about... I mean, you didn't say what you've gone to, so I guess this is also going to not help if well, you've already gone to all those. This is what you do. You go to Toby's in Brooklyn, and then you go in, and then you talk to the barista there, and you say, hey, where do I go for coffee? Like, the real deal. Like, what am I doing here? And then you use referrals through the barista system. Find but, Astrid. <laughs> find Astrid. I don't know if she makes coffee anymore. She t- tattoos like a boss. Find her anyway. You can get a great stick and poke <laughs> tattoo. And I tell you, her art is fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, so good. tight. It's like so amazing and unique and like weird and I awesome. Almost, I want her to give me a tattoo. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, but I was like borderline like, that'd be kind of cool. She's good at tattoos. Yeah. She's a great tattooer. It's pretty interesting that they're all stick and poke because... It seems like that'd be really hard to do. Right. I don't know if it's harder than using a gun. I don't know anything about tattoos. So here's another thing. When I read your email, you're talking about, I don't know, a comparison of flavors in a way. And you're in a different place. So you might have just grown accustomed to how certain coffees taste. And I would say, I mean, Blue Bottle Ritual, Four Barrel, and Sight Class and Verve, they're not the exact same, but there's a lot of similarities in flavor profiles in those coffees, I feel like, a lot of the time. You might just be in a place where people drink different style of coffee. And I don't know if that's true. I haven't experienced it as much as you. But you might just be having that whole like newness thing. Or the scope of New York might be a weird thing. Like San Francisco is a city, but it's really small. Yeah, you can get it's, everywhere. It's not very big footprint-wise. So you've got all these places that are kind of concentrated into a little area. And when you go to New York, it's just ridiculous how much bigger it is than San Francisco. So you've got to cover more ground. But if you rewind to back in you know, 2005, 2006, 2007... The West Coast definitely had a jump on the specialty coffee reformation or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And New York had Ninth Street Espresso and Grumpy was kind of starting to come out of that era. But aside from that, there wasn't a whole a whole lot of movement. Right. I talked to Withers a little bit and he's like, it's because the water's so bad. Mm-hmm. He says cool. the water's so bad that it makes a lot of the coffee taste worse than it should. And that might There's be a the problem truth. with the water. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but... I'm I'm inclined to believe this individual. He also commented on the food culture over there that even though like the bar and restaurant scene is really developed and they're killing it in some things like cocktails. Right. You can get, you know, a ton of really good ones. Food and the coffee that's attached to that is attached to a really West Coast scene because 
in the Bay Area here, we're so close to like really fresh produce and really fresh farmland. And right. in Manhattan, you you kind of got to go upstate, I guess. I don't know how the farmland over there. No, I think it's upstate. Works, but um, I think we also have way more you know temperate winters, so we get a lot better consistent produce year round. And you got some of the founders of that, like. Um, what do you call that food movement that's like not third wave food, but like when Alice Waters is doing Chez Panisse right, and it's like Panisse. the farm to table, like the real legit, I guess you call it farm to table, sound like, a, to table sound like original. an asshole. I know. It's farm to table. Did you guys know that it's, it's a, farm to fork now? It's farm to fork now. It's farm to, it's farm to barn. <laughs> it's, it's farm to face. I am pompous. I, I put it, I, I, can you tell I'm an asshole? Because I definitely am. That's how I try to figure out because I get my meat at El Salsichero and yeah. I want to tell people that I go to the artisan butcher shop without saying that I go to the artisan butcher shop. No, I get clean meat. Because I don't, yeah, that's probably a good way to I go to, to the clean it. meat store. I get certified clean meat. It's got bleach on it. Ugh. They just rub it down Whoa. in a nice bleach marinade and then cook that shit out. Aww. Yeah. It's Whole30 certified, you guys. But a lot of that stuff is birthed out of the West Coast. It's interesting. I feel like coffee in some way is tied to that. I don't know why. Yeah, now, yeah. I also don't know what you mean by good cafes. Are you talking service as well? Because I've also been told many a time over that people don't care nearly as much about service in New York as they do uh, on the West Coast. And that could be a factor that plays into your adjustment over there. Like maybe the coffee actually tastes similarly good, but you don't feel as good going into the cafes and leaving. And you don't feel special like some of these places make you feel. So I know that is a subconscious effector of how flavor works, whether anybody believes it or not. I believe it to be true. So like everyone in New York's just a dick. You well, guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys suck. It is a total cliche that people use on, you know, in all the movies that I watch. It's like you go in and you get to the front of the line. If you don't know what you want, they're like, they basically kick you out of line. If you're like, I have a question, you know, yeah. there's always jokes about that. And everybody's all, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but then when you think that that's like more of a culturally accepted thing in those areas, because like people... It probably is. They like deal with that no matter what they do. Oh, yeah. but he's attuned to West Coast That's service. what I'm saying. Yeah. So he's over there and he's all, man, this is hard. He's all, why does everybody hate me? Yeah, in case you're wondering, that's your voice now, Simon. Uh, this is me. It's me, Simon. Simon. I'm just trying to get some coffee, guys, and, and I, I just don't know where technology. to go. I, don't, I love technology. <laughs> But not as much as you and me. I'm totally spacing on the places I went in New York, but there is a decent amount of good coffee. So I don't know how to answer that, but go to go to Toby's, start there. Go to Everyman, start there. Why didn't he go to Stumptown? He got scared of the Annex, dude. It says, I was scared of the Annex for sure. Yeah, there's Stumptown on 8th that has the Annex next to it, which the, would be a really good place to taste different coffees. Has to be some good counterculture coffee besides Everyman. Wait, does Everyman Restaurant? They use counterculture. Everyman, I don't even know. I think they use counterculture. If I can remember, yeah. Little Collins uses counterculture. Yeah, dude. And they have cups with happy faces on them. So if you oh, want to yeah, get hyper-psyched. That's yeah. those people. Shout out to Mark Gessler. He bought one of those. Mac G. Brought it all the way back home. That's a good question. That is a great question. Let us know what you find out. I want to know. Tell us. One more from Marty Sanders. This one is funny. That's why I want to read it. It's a long question, but I love it. Someone will keep him. I made that name up in case everybody was wondering. Oh, Marty. Marty. It's yeah, not Marty. It's, this is not a real Well, person. actually, as far as you know. Sure. It is Marty. Thank you, Marty. So Marty Sanders says he just listened to the podcast, Starting Your Coffee Career, and 
address that question, but he's got the same question in reverse, which is basically not how to start your coffee career, but how to end your coffee career, which made me chuckle to myself. Me too. Um, just got laid off at the beginning of January because of some things, some things, some things. I don't want to expose yep, like, we're too not much of this person's Marty. life because, you know, Marty Sanders, he, he gets his privacy. You yeah, know dude. What I'm saying? Marshall Sanders. Endgame, he wants to know how to make a gracious exit, and I'm having a really hard time identifying how skills directly transfer to other industries so I can actually make a living. Part of this is because I don't really want to move on, but I feel like I kind of need to, and that there's no financial viability in what he's doing because of the companies that he's been involved with. It's been hard being creative about this when it feels like your industry is breaking up with you. Other folks in my life have suggested the nebulous consulting track. Don't, don't do it. fucking do that. It's the worst don't thing waste ever. Your time. Which seems real unlikely given the current landscape and opening my own shop isn't really within my grasp unless you guys know where I can find approximately a suitcase and a half full of cash. That'd be great. I'm looking for a suitcase and a half, half suitcase and a half full of cash myself. This is a tricky, tricky one. It would be interesting to know what your other skills are besides coffee. Are you a designer? Do you, you know, can you do extraordinary superhuman feats like 200 pull-ups in a row unbroken? No kipping. Can you <laughs> answer no? <laughs> 11, sure, sure. Totally. I mean, you have to have some skills bow staff nunchuck something to go along with your life this is why i think the stuff that we talk about that doesn't have anything to do with coffee is so important not just for people who are trying to make a living and like do something huge but for someone who's gonna move on like we have a a core group of people that are gonna be with us for a really long time but the realities of our business state that like you know i don't think it's foolish to think that everyone that we hire is going to be with us forever. It's impossible. But that doesn't mean that we can't make an impact of their lo- on their lives, and it doesn't mean they can't take skills and transfer them. And it's exactly the same reason why if you're a fucking full-blown coffee nerd and you want to spend like 30 extra hours a week digging into refractometers and figuring out how to do pour-overs and honing your espresso, I would suggest taking two-thirds of that and actually allocate that towards learning other things that don't have anything directly to do with coffee. Yeah. I you mean, know, you, you definitely have to build your life skills around the coffee industry in general. I mean, most of the stuff we do is not coffee nerd related, and most of the stuff you do probably shouldn't have been either. So if you take Caroline as an example, Caroline is one of our, she was one of the first wave of hires. She worked in our cafe, still works for the coffee company, and she does a lot of admin stuff for Charles specifically. Right. So when when and if she exits, she's going to have on her resume and in her skill set, not just like, okay, cool, I can make a cappuccino, but it's like, I'm really skilled at Excel. I understand communication really awesome. Like I keep up with people, just kind of managing things around. Created so like kind systems. Of, yeah. And maybe you can do something in the executive assistant kind of like realm. So like my wife is an example. Jenny is like the executive assistant to the CEO for the company she works at, but she'd never done AE work before. It was all human resources and office based, just Mm -hmm. different kinds of office based things. And she worked for Cal Poly for a while at school 
And on paper, she's totally underqualified for the job in right. terms of it's like you need X amount of years of experience as an executive assistant. But because of the skill stack, it ended up working out. Right. So aside from just making it a point to go out and learn those skills, so maybe you're not in Caroline's shoes, like maybe you're just a production barista, but tapping into whoever's around you, like tapping into the owners, be like, hey, like, can you show me how how the P&L works? Hey, could you show me like how much rent do you pay and like how does that work with that? And just almost just like acquiring more skills. It can't be bad. No, and I think that there's places on the most base level, you can always jump into the alcohol scene if you're of age, which <laughs> you don't know. That's a pretty good idea, yeah. I mean, it's really straightforward in that if you are going to be able to geek out on the different coffees and varieties, you can geek out on the same thing in wine specifically really easily and spirits as well. Um, and there's money to be had in, in alcohol, which is, I think, why you see a lot of baristas transfer over there. Uh, specifically for the money, not even always for the passion, and then they become extremely passionate. If you really want to talk about something like alcohol, you could reach out to people like Brandon Paul Weaver and those people who have done both. I know they like to be resources, and they should be able to help you out in some way and give you some information or some direction if you wanted to go that way. But I have to believe that if you became more than just a barista, or even if you were hired at said location, that you have to have some form of good customer service. You have to have some. He was form. mostly a roaster, though. He says he okay. didn't really do many, much roasting. Yeah, six years. Six years of roasting, mostly on the back end of the so business. So you have to understand. Hopefully, depending on what your business did, My you have yard. to understand. Yeah. <laughs> You have to understand some of the chemical reactions. You have to understand <laughs> forecasting. You have to do so. You have to be able to do some math. You have to be organized. You have to be able to, you know, bag and prep your days and be efficient. Unless all of this stuff was, you know, falling short, and that's why you don't work with this company anymore, which it doesn't sound like is the case. Like you probably have more to offer than you realize, and you just have to decide what you're passionate about next. Yeah, it's interesting when you say spent most of my time on the back end of the business. It makes me question what back end business stuff you did. And I guess I would, you could throw coffee out of the equation. So if someone asks you like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a coffee roaster. Just like forget about that and think about the things that you did in that job that weren't specifically roasting coffee. And that is your skill stack. Right. And then you can take that skill stack when you're reaching out into other career fields because I don't know what your interests are. We don't. We just don't know or whatever special skills you have. I don't know you, Marty. But you could probably make a resume using that skill stack to get into something else because there's some things that are, you know, if you're managing green coffee, you have to be a highly organized right. individual. Yeah. You have to understand cash flow. Right. You know, you, you, you there's a lot of things that go into managing a roastery or being a coffee roaster. So there, you could be a food buyer. You could be, there's a lot that's a great of suggestion rollover too. in these jobs. And so it's just <clears throat> to gracefully exit coffee, here's what you do. Stop working in it. Just stop working <laughs> in it. Well, I also think of how many people enter into coffee that don't know anything about it right. and excel. And yeah. it's not even just at barista positions. I mean, dude, just fucking look at like eight out of 10 people's wholesale departments. Those people aren't coffee people and they're certainly aren't baristas most of them and a lot of them you know probably I mean? aren't even sales people they're just people. originally they're just human beings they're just lost roasters who couldn't find a job somewhere in fact at this point you've already heard what we said before some of the biggest things that we see in our people that 
our positive attributes are being teachable and trusting the process. And then I'd call passion and ability passion. to to work hard to achieve something as you know really high up there. What would you do? What would you do if you like didn't work in coffee anymore? Food. Food. Hundred percent. Food, food, or I'd actually probably get a job in some form of Disney and like figuring out innovation and and things like that. I'm gonna figure out innovation I for will. you. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna come up with figure out innovation. User experience in creating rides and upgrading their parks. You could have a drive-through, drive-up. Why don't they have concession at Disney? Like, why don't they have like um, mm. someone on roller skates that brings you lemonade while you're waiting in line for the Matterhorn? great question you know what i mean i feel like somebody would be on blades with skis yeah something like that with the goggles and everything They'd, I think, like skis with rollers i guess then, you'd have to have like the appropriate um the appropriate apparel for the land you're in that'd be sick dude somebody rolls up on a horse and just like drops <laughs> drops part of the saddle and on the side of the horse is a, just some rawhide beef jerky Done. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Frontierland. Exactly, hard-boiled pickled eggs. But if you're in where's Space Mountain? Tomorrowland is yeah. that a land? Uh-huh. That's a land. Yeah, you have a astronaut food. Yeah, like freeze-dried ice like, cream. <laughs> dip and dots, like the ice cream of the future. <laughs> they come and just like give you a dip and dot shot. <laughs> you're all. <laughs> I went straight to your mouth, dude. <laughs> Frozen. They'll just say when. Just say when. <laughs> Five bucks for a five ounce. <laughs> I wonder if it is a um, if it's a thing to where you have to have such an attuned service staff because you don't know when to break into someone's family circle or not. Right, right. You're standing in line with two kids and your husband, and then it's just like, hey, you guys want some ice cream? Yeah, and then the kids are all yeah. yeah. And, and they're like, all, no. <laughs> and then the whole thing's ruined. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they like hate you forever. That's probably what the reason they're they like, stopped Disneyland fucking ruined my life. They're just giving my kids sugar. Dude. And I had to spend $35 on the fly that I wasn't planning right. on spending. They that, that might be a reason it. for it. it. It's like, make sure. I mean, they used to do weird stuff. They used, you used to be able to go fishing at Disneyland and actually catch fish. That's epic. It was super epic until everybody caught fish in the morning. I was like, I don't want to carry around a fish all day and start throwing fish fish everywhere. (laughs) They're all, yeah, we should probably not do this. What would be, how cool would it be if they had a a one stand that's like a fish cleaning service where you take the fish there. Smells amazing. And they like clean it for you and then they, you know, they smoke it for you and then they give you like smoked trout. You take it home and eat it. Yeah, dude. Mm. They'd be three-eyed for sure. The complete the complete experience <laughs> that's a real that's a real theme park that's yeah, like in real horses era. and all that for people to ride they that's were, pretty fucking until, awesome yeah and then everybody starts suing everybody until someone the died world on is, a horse yeah that's a problem that today is that everybody wants to be mad about something so you can't appease everybody so they're trying to do their best why is everybody so mad because they're all mad at some point you need to expect some sort of responsibility for just a base level of intelligence <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's just like there's some shit that you don't do. And this maybe this is like old timey stuff. Like my grandparents had horses. Right. And it's like, you don't walk directly behind the horse. Yeah. Because that shit might kick or you. Else, and if you walk behind the horse and you got kicked, it was your fault. It's not the horse's fault. It's just Stupid like, dude, horse got me again. Like respect, dude. Yeah. In the, you know, you can't go suing people because you walk behind the horse. Or you stepped in horse poop or whatever else you did. The guy you met. Fly. I could see like getting on a horse and just having it like ride away. Exactly. <laughs> <Not later. laughs> 
There goes like, my child. Lost my group. <laughs> lost. I don't know. Out in the middle go. of nowhere. Where'd it go? It's just like live and a cruise in the park. You can't it never get off. stops. Why is there a horse in Tomorrowland? He goes I don't like know. A, off some weird cliff. Exactly. Starts climbing the mountain. It's like on the You're old the frontier. Ri- what's the what's the train oh, roller yeah, coaster? Thunder Mountain. Thunder Mountain. It's so like good. walking through the little portal. <laughs> like gets hit by a car. Boom. Yeah, we've seen the problem. Drops the kid off on the track, like, and then the no! kid gets hit by the car. Oh, sheesh. It's just all Nightmare. bad. It can be all bad. Only the professionals ride the live animals. I think electric fences would solve a lot of those problems. I don't know. Have you seen Jurassic Park, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they help anything. Dude, the guy from Jurassic Park, The uh, who's the dude? Like Which the- one? Nedry? <laughs> <laughs> Nedry. Nedry? Nedry's the one who gets eaten by, or he gets his stomach. Jeb Bush. Yeah, Jeb Bush. No, he's like the main, not Jeff Goldblum. Not Goldblum, the other guy who's. The other main guy. Yeah. He's like the really into dinosaurs guy. Yeah, that guy. So that guy's like the sheriff on Peaky Blinders. That guy's the sheriff on Peaky? How old is he now? He's pretty old. He looks pretty good, though. Is he short? He's got a mustache. He's short. He's got a cane. Nice. He probably needs the cane now. He's a true adventurer. Wait, not not the old. The old guy with the cane. In. No, no, not that guy. Not that the guy. other the guy. The other guy, yeah. The, the, the like, He's don't like, move guy. Yeah. Yeah. They sense movement. You've bred raptors. <laughs> Jenny's favorite movie. I'm really excited to bring... It's a first for us. We're, we're having a wholesale business forum. Hey, hey, hey. Some of our accounts are coming to Santa Cruz to visit. It's really? going to be a really... It was Charles's idea. Yeah. So just give respect to the man of the of the Chuck. We got an Airbnb for the day, mm-hmm. and it's two parts. It's one part where people can learn from us and the things that we do, but we hope to learn from them as well. Mm-hmm. And it also serves as a forum for people who own businesses to be able to talk in a safe place about the challenges of owning a business and some of the hard times that you might face, but you don't really feel comfortable talking to your employees with or you don't necessarily feel comfortable to talking with people who don't own in businesses because they might get the wrong idea right. about where your head's at yeah because and i totally vibe with that because sometimes i'm so stressed out about certain things and it's there's potential for you to talk to a regular person about that and they'll be like chris doesn't even like what he does yeah no doubt which is not the case it's and the reason and the reason, for the most part, at least for me, that you have so much anxiety around those things is because you do like what you do and because you do like have this vision and you do want it to be perfect. And that's why it becomes stressful. But yeah, people, it's easy for people to misunderstand frustration and dislike. Yeah. Which I get, but it, yeah, it's like I have that. Yeah, it's so funny. You'll, you'll go into stuff. Sometimes I'll deal with like the team leaders and. I'm like, just so you know, like I'm really into all this. I'm just frustrated right now and I'm trying to like get through it. And I mean, my team leaders are epic and support that. But we're hoping to provide that same safe and private space for these really, really epic wholesale partners of ours and to just have some open communication and be able to mutually help each other to grow. So we've got, yeah, we got some cool topics we're going to talk about with them and then they're going to be able to share a little bit. We're going to all share three wins and three challenges from the year and kind of talk through those things. But who's coming? Well, we got Hawthorne is was going to come, and then Dylan just had like a gnarly week. So Aww, he couldn't come. You. So I just need to shout out Hawthorne because they're OG, and they're going to be there in spirit always. 
But from San Diego, also Blue Lagoon, who is another account. And fresh out the gates. Fresh out the gates. They're hot. They got an awesome little grab-and-go coffee spot. There's seating inside, too, but it's a really great spot to stop if you're on the way somewhere. Yep. It's in La Mesa, and I love – total sidebar, but I love to see – Dylan from Hawthorne and Jack from Blue Lagoon are just like totally getting along and yeah. totally promoting each other's places on social media mm-hmm. and giving shout outs. And like for us, that's where it's at. That's the, the family magic thing. Um, we got some people from my hometown of the Modesto. Who's coming from preservation the has been ordering coffee from us for quite a while and it's been in the run. So they're, they're going to cruise down. The Valor had a, like an issue getting over here, mm. but shout out to Valor who, they moved from a cart to a full-blown, like, I, I, I don't know if it's a pop-up. It's, like, more than a pop-up, but right. they have a standard location. It's more than a feeling. So if you're in the Atlanta area, you know, if you're in that Georgia Tech area, you need to check out check oh, out Valor oh, Coffee. Get some. Minotti's is coming. Minotti's Which is, is melting my mind. Um, if you're in Venice in Southern California, right by the boardwalk and you need to get some cat and cloud, you can now get that at Minotti's. Go see our homies. Nicely, Derek, Brandon, the whole crew over there. And that has just been coming online in the past couple weeks. Yeah. And that's been kind of a dream come true. So if you watch any of the stuff that we do, it's been no secret that we've been fans of theirs for a really long time. Forever. And even in that, um, coffee book that just came out both jared and i have testaments of like what's your favorite coffee shop in the u.s and this was like a year or two ago yeah and we shouted them out it's the truth and if you know look at the youtube look at the things like i i so i'm like when they came on i was both thrilled and scared at the same time no doubt because literally this was my favorite place to get coffee in the u.s and then the excitement of being able to work with someone who you really look up to mm-hmm. and, and we just have a good time with them. and have a good time with them. It's yeah. It's like multiple levels. It's like a level of respect with a level of fun. Yeah. It's, it's pretty tight. It's kind of like, like mixing, mixing friendship and business and you're so nervous because you want it all to work so well. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I, we felt this weight. I was just like, Oh man, mm-hmm. even though I know it's going to be awesome, but it's like, whoo, now you just don't want to let your friends down. You don't want to let your friends down. That's a big part of it. You and don't want to let your friends down, but you don't want to ruin your favorite coffee spot. Totally. <laughs> Which I, I don't know how you could ruin your favorite coffee spot by serving your coffee in it. Yeah, because we love our coffee. But you know there's that like mystique to going somewhere that's like your getaway spot. Does that have anything to do with you? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, is, that, is it going to be different now? But just in the last couple of weeks of talking with Nicely and Derek in more depth, it's not going to be different and obviously it's going to be fucking badass it's and the best we hit them with a real last minute but they're going to be able to come down too and there's a whole stack of people and i'm just uh i don't even i don't even know like i don't hear about a lot of people doing stuff like this but i think a lot of people should do stuff like this because i think there's power to be had in the communities that you build and people think of community in the sense of oh, you're a neighborhood coffee shop. You live in my neighborhood. You support my business. That's community. And it is. But there's community to be had in wholesale too to where, hey, we should be part of the family. Like we serve Cat and Cloud. You know, maybe Dylan has a problem that someone like Jack is more equipped to deal with than we are. Right. And then because of coming together, being able to bond and share an experience, they can hit each other up and not have it be weird, not have it be like, hey, like, uh, I don't know what to talk, you know? like. Well, and we also just, we don't picture, I hate, I actually kind of hate the term wholesale. Because, well, that's why we call it a partner program. Yeah, exactly. And the reason is, is 
it should be more than that. It's not the community is the people that work with you and around you. And so for us, it is adding to the family. It's like, great. We have like another brother, sisterhoods, people coming on that are going to be with us and go towards something with us together. And it's going to be fun to spread that positivity and, you know, shouting out Minotti's. They are a positive company. They have always like omitted, emitted, <laughs> omitted. They omit positivity. Just <laughs> see ya. Take it out of here. No, they. they it's, it's like gone. everywhere. It perforates out of their building. And you walk in and that's why we've always had such a good time. And, you know, Nicely is a big part of that. And he's been a big part of that positivity and specialty coffee for a really long time for me. So since like early verve years for me, he and I have had a cool connection. And yeah, there's I'm just pumped. There's so many cool things to be had out of those partners because I think it's just, just so much to, I don't know, I get freaked out every time because we do stuff really well and then I see these little things. Like we went into Hawthorne last time and they did a really awesome job of setting up their branding. Like yeah. they're um, super great. Their merch game going to the register, like what you would consider like impulse buy merch, like branded items, nailed it, knocked it out of the park. So that's that's a cool idea. That was inspiring. Going to Minotti's last time, he had a bunch of uh, cookies. It was like their most popular cookie already pre-bagged up in pastry bags. So they're just go. Like ready to go. And I was like, that's Can't brilliant. Can't wait to eat that cookie when I get down there. And when we, went to, we went to Jack's. The Blue Lagoon, Jack's place, his whole bar is Framed, built out right? of, yep. yeah, it's built out of a stainless steel frame with plexi bottoms. You could literally power wash that thing and there would be no muck or mess or like wood rot or anything. Right. All brilliant ideas. Sustainable, fun stuff. Everybody can share together and it's just, feels good to share. It does feel good to share. Um, and I get to go down, <laughs> it's really cool too because it is happenstance about less than a week before Minotti's decided to come on and hit us up about coming on, I had scheduled this leadership offsite and I'm taking our two coordinators, Sam and Nicole down and we were planning to go there. So I hit up nicely and I was like, dude, we're coming through. If it's your day off, you don't have to meet us at the shop, but we're going to go to Jagusa before for lunch. I'd love to like, just have you come to lunch with us, take you to lunch and hang out. And we didn't even know they were going to switch. And then all this stuff went down and then they decided to switch coffees. And I was like, man, that's so crazy that we get to be those people that come alongside somebody who I was going to come see. And I just was looking forward to showing my team how they roll prior. Now they're going to be part of our fam fam. So yeah, this Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday. I'm going to be down at Minotti's with my homies for a minute. High five. And I cannot more, wait to just drink some hot bean, more leadership education. Yeah. We're headed to Disney Institute. Got the next two DI. team leaders to be in leadership class all day with myself. It's been uh, just over two years since I've gone to it, so I, I will probably get a lot out of it. A whole bunch of, geez, yeah, a whole bunch of creativity came out of it the first time, so much so that I think we founded a lot of how our company runs off of the things I learned there and brought back and we all got crazy. So I'm excited to do it again with a lot more knowledge and see where it takes me next because we're building some of our own leadership we classes really, over the next four to six months. A lot of a lot of educational curriculum is yeah. about to roll off the line. It's it's some of the hardest things to communicate. I think. Mm -hmm. um, what does it look like to be a leader? What does it feel like to be a leader? Mm -hmm. How is everyone always looking at you? Are you a leader. You know, you carry yourself in a certain way because of the position you have, and it breaks down 
deeper than just a checklist or deeper just than just to do these things. It really has to be built into your neural pathways. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you're aware of all the time and can act on it all the time. So that's probably going to be one of the more challenging courses that we're going to create. And it's yeah. probably going to be a lot of hands-on, a lot of role-playing, a lot of you know real-life examples, it's be a lot of a lot of case studies. Movement. Like I'm excited yeah. to dig in and study, like who are people who are af- effective leaders of certain movements, and then how mm-hmm. do, you know how do they navigate through through their world? Yeah, and how can we apply some of that? Yeah, into the mix. So that's going to be that's going to be just freaking. Amaze balls. It is going to be amaze balls. It's going to be space balls. <laughs> Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> you know, I've never seen space balls A to Z. It's, I don't even know if it's funny for real. I don't know either. I think it's, it's Rick Moranis, right? Yeah, I mean, he's funny all the time. Yeah. He's pretty funny. Yeah. Especially I will probably go rewatch that at some point. It, I probably won't. Probably not. Yeah. There's I so many think it was funny watch. at the time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> About 15 to 20 years ago. Man. I just started listening to my murder podcast again. My favorite murder? Gosh. All you people. So man. good. Yeah, people love it. You got to get it. Karen and George are basically killing it. Karen and George always do kill it. They told a story last week. I just want to share this because my fucking mind was blown about a woman. Her husband hired someone to kill her. The person came to kill her with a claw hammer, came inside, just straight decked her in the temple right away. And through a course of events over the next 20 minutes, she was able to get the hammer from him, get away. And this is a sad part of the story because it's really traumatically affected her life. But she killed him. Jeez Louise. Like she got the hammer. He got the hammer back. He was still assaulting her. But she just like overcame and like ended up at one point. This is fully tangential, but this is blowing my mind. She had the dude in a chokehold and saw his face like turning blue. And then she let go because she was like, I can't kill a person. That's intense. Right. You know, even though this guy was just trying to kill me. Right. And then because she let him go, he recovered, got the hammer back, went to work again. And then she ended up getting it back and then just put him down. She must CrossFit. And she, I mean, she's wrote and she, um, she now manages a bunch of like resource programs. It was in Portland for to help people who've been in similar situations. Like how do you put your life back together after you've been in part of a traumatic event Mm. and like her traumatic event, she survived, but she's like forever scarred by having, you know, you take someone's life. That's fucking nuts, dude. I'm borderline scarred. Just hearing the story is crazy. Like, (laughs) and I'm not doing it justice, but I just, I don't know why I even said that. I, it was just one of those stories to where it just hit me so hard for whatever reason, like how insane that must feel. I can't even imagine and just like how much, I don't know, awareness you have to have of the situation that's happening to be able to just fucking roll. I was, I don't know, dude. I think me telling you right now and telling everybody on this podcast is like part of me processing. Like just <laughs> you probably crazy are information, out. I was just like listening what to it, comes painting my room and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I for sure would not be able to like. I would. I can't do even that. listen to that podcast. It's dude. so. It's, I get. I'm too visual. I get oh, too into it. Oh my god, dude! I it's was disgusting. just like, what? I was seeing it. And I was like, ew, ah, oh, girl. Yeah, dude. I'm like, no. It was gnarly. No, thank you. Yeah. So this is the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, and um, we don't usually talk about murder, but we did today. Try not murdering anybody, you dicks. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. That's what they say at the end of their podcast. Stay sexy and don't get murdered? SSDGM, dude.
Anyway. S-S-D-G-M. It's Monday. When you're listening to this, we hope you all have a great week, and we'll see you at another time. That's Jared's finger, doing that finger flick thing. You like it? <laughs>